On this week's episode of Orange Juice Optional, we are going to be talking a little bit about Christmas cheer. And yes, I know Thanksgiving isn't even here yet, but I decorate early. We're also going to be talking about a recent trip I took to Scottsdale to visit Suzanne. I consider it a success. So tune in. Here we go. Why, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Orange Juice Optional. This is kind of a special episode because it's the one during Thanksgiving week and a lot to be grateful for. And one of the things I'm grateful for this morning is that I get to have this conversation with my good friend, Suzanne. Hey, Suzanne, how are you? Hi, Michelle. I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I was laughing because the last time we recorded, I was kind of in a hurry to get done because I had a huge project in front of me, which was decorating my house for Christmas. And mind you, that was like November 1st. Right. So I'm going to get back to that. I have a lot to say about that. But what I want to say is today, I'm not in a rush to get off, but again, have that pressure on the because I'm going to watch my husband record another episode of his podcast, which is live on YouTube, Mm -hmm. Guy and the Badger. And (laughs) yeah, I'm trying to be really supportive there. Well, just giving him a shout out on our podcast is support. So it is support. So let's do that first. I'm giving him a shout out for his new podcast. I'm very excited mm-hmm. for it. They're growing into their personalities and how they want to shape it. But with that, I'm going to have to throw him under the bus a little bit too, because okay. one of his favorite topics during podcasting is sharing with all of his listeners that we fired him from Orange Juice Optional. <laughs> well, Yeah, I've decided to take that the same direction and say, really, all he's doing is giving us a shout out. He's just like, good or bad, he's talking about us on his podcast. And so he can just throw us under the bus all he wants. What has happened to you? You have gotten very nice in this 61st year of life. Yeah, it's not nice. It's just practicality. (laughs) It's like, okay, if he's going to throw us under the bus, we're going to just put a good spin on it. Say, I will say I took it as a champ listening to it. I didn't get upset. It was <laughs> nice as you can say it. He did spread the truth for the sake of the story in that right. I emailed him or I sent him a text telling him, you're fired, which of course never happened. He was never hired. He was just a guest. <laughs> but right. anyhow, I do have to share this because it is driving me nuts or cracking me up because I'm all about if he does well, I do well. Let me support. Right. Let me show up. And I always give an hour after his podcast to hear him talk and recount his glory. Like, did you <laughs> love it when I said this? Did you love it when I said that? I give him an hour. Well, that hour stretches into two hours to three hours. And then I think sleep is going to help me escape yeah. it. And it doesn't because he talks about it in his sleep. <laughs> that's that's the guy we all know and love. And I want to strangle while I'm trying to sleep. I'm not very nice. When you wake me up at night, I'm not a very mm-hmm. nice person. I get very angry mm-hmm. because why are you still talking to me? It's just noise at this point and 
want you to shut up. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm just going to put this out here, right here, right now. I should be taking what you say very seriously because we maybe somewhat foolishly decided to book our next cruise and share a suite. And I think I should be taking what you say very seriously because for a whole 32 month. 32 days, not even were, just a month, over a month. Right. Yeah. So we may be sharing some of your experiences just because I see him probably getting kicked out of his room once or twice. And I will probably willingly leave my snoring husband. And so I'm going to find my perch on the deck where I will sleep when I've been kicked out. So I will claim my territory. Yeah, I picture the two of you both asleep on the couches out in the living space. <laughs> right. Driving each other nuts. Right, because then I'll be listening to him talk and he'll be listening to me snore. And you'll have so, a whole a whole new appreciation for Michelle of what, you and what she with, has to yeah. endure on right. a day-to-day basis. But as we've talked through it, I realize finding my perch on that out on the balcony, the outside space, that will be my my strategy. Okay, but you know, I do have to say because I'm really excited about this trip and we're talking about sharing a cabin that is a good size cabin. Yeah, like it's, it's not small and the rooms are on opposite sides, but there's still that shared living space. So how are you going to react in the morning when Rob comes out and like just as boxers? I'm sure the same way he's going to react when I come out in my old beat up sweats. <laughs> I think he'll probably have the same reaction that I have. We'll oh. just have to get used to it. Yeah, this is going to be so interesting. Is there any part of this that freaks you out at all? No, but I think I'm going into it very naively. Like, oh, yeah, this will be great. And the reason we decided to do this is because we figured this is probably the only way we could possibly afford this massive suite that we have is for us to share the space and split the cost. And it's a, it was a brilliant idea. It still could be a brilliant idea. I don't know how it's going to play out. I yeah. do have, you know, some concerns and reservations. I don't know if I'm willing to share them here because they're a little bit embarrassing. But we did say the other day we just have to, like, yep. say it. So, mm -hmm. like, bathroom space. Like, I know we each have our own bathrooms, but it still freaks me out sharing the space where everybody shares, like, well, we have our own bathrooms, but like, <laughs> it freaks me out. I'm sorry. Like, I will probably be constipated the whole trip. <laughs> and well, and I just and, am private. Yeah, I am too. And yeah. And so I don't know what got into us. I guess when you book these things a year, two years out, you don't really think about the practicality of what we're getting ourselves into. Yeah. And yeah, there are certain parts of that that we'll need to discuss in private as well. <laughs> and I might even cut that part out because, like, I'm so private about that stuff. I don't like to right. talk about it. But right. when I travel, it already throws my system right. out of whack without the well, pressure of that. Me too. And I, and I just have two words. Someone in my family, not me, does suffer from microcolitis. <laughs> so it could get interesting. Yeah, I, I see a lot of showers and poopery. 
Yeah. Yeah. Oh I think gosh. we're going to have a wealth of topics to discuss when we return from our trip. I, I think so. But anyways, I brought up the whole podcast thing with Rob because I really needed a break after all that energy coming okay. at me. And so I got to come visit you in Scottsdale, which was a wonderful getaway. And one of the things I remember about this trip to Scottsdale is we had gone shopping I had intended to go shopping for like everybody in my life because Christmas is coming. And the only person I purchased anything for was myself. And I felt right. very selfish about it, but very excited also. Well, that's good. Uh, well, it's not good that you felt selfish because see the difference between you and I, it's like, why waste your energy feeling selfish? It's like, you know, you're going to get those gifts eventually for your family and you were on a roll. You got some great stuff for yourself. I was on a roll. I was on such a roll that by the time we got to Why Hello, I was shopped out. Like, I couldn't even focus. I'm like, nope, I am done. Like, I can't yeah. even look at another thing. And that doesn't happen to me very often. Yeah, we powered through. We did power through. You powered through a lot less than I did. You showed some restraint. But I live in Scottsdale, so I can shop whenever I want to shop. You have one day in and out to shop. So there's a big difference. Yeah, but by shopping in Scottsdale right before we go to Hawaii, I might mm -hmm. have shot myself in the foot because I just went shopping. I probably don't need to shop in Hawaii. And my husband always gets ticked off at me because I buy for myself right before Christmas and it leaves him oh. no ideas. Well, again, I don't think you shot yourself in the foot. I think we'll have plenty of shopping opportunity in Hawaii. And listen to us. We have Hawaii. We have our cruise. It's like, my goodness, we just got back from a, well, I just got back from Singapore and Japan. It is a travel kind of year. It is a travel kind of year, and I will say, Hawaii, we are just tag-alongs. True. So anyhow, yeah, that was my adventure in Scottsdale, but I cannot leave Scottsdale without talking about that annoying road-ragey <laughs> driver that was on the 101, whatever right. freeway that was, almost right. at rush hour, and what a jerk she was. And let's be clear, you're not referring to me. No, I'm not referring to you. You actually gave her some grace, but we're driving and from behind us, we just hear this late, well, we didn't know it was a lady at the time, but this right. horn being like laid on, like they would not, like it was like a beep, up. beep. It was like a, yeah. and it went on for a good two or three minutes only to find yeah. out she was probably pissed because somebody cut her off or somebody, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what happened. It was behind us. But it was you're annoying. Right. It was annoying. And you're right. It's like nobody could possibly honk their horn for that long. I thought it was a malfunction in her horn. Or she was signaling she was, had an emergency. But she clearly wasn't. Neither one was the case. She was pissed off about something or someone. And she was a maniac. Yeah. And again, I'm so proud of you, Suzanne, because you're extending so much grace to this person who was being an ass. But did you really feel like she deserved that grace when she like pulled up and she was going to go in front of you and you're like, hell no, I'm not letting her in. So you pulled up and then she started honking at you. Well, you can only push me so far. I mean, so yeah, what happened? She, she was honking her horn at the driver next to us. She was 
sped past us, staying on that guy's bumper. And then she decides she's going to swerve over and cut me off and swerve over in front of me. And, and I didn't let her in. And so then she starts honking at me. And then she gets, she weaves back over and then she weaves back in front of me, honking the whole time. And so I honked at her. It's like, yeah. And that's what killed me about this whole situation is she's the only one honking. No one else on this five lane freeway is honking back at her. And it's like, where does she get off deciding she rules the road and she can make everyone else stay uncomfortable and get away with it? So when she cut me off and cut in front of me, I honked at her. And then she, yeah, she sheepishly got off the freeway. Yes, and she didn't honk her horn again after that. No, it's like, yeah, lady, hello. Gosh, she annoyed me. I was like, that's why I live in a small town that doesn't have freeways. Right. They still have jerky drivers, though. Mm -hmm. Well, and then just getting back to my trip to Japan and how I want to be Japanese. Never once heard a honking horn in Tokyo where there are 37 million people. Never heard someone, anyone honking their horn. Difference between Tokyo and Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. And I'm so mm-hmm. happy you brought up your trip to Tokyo and Singapore because it was an interesting experience shopping with you. And as I said, you didn't have as much fun shopping for yourself as I did. But you did kind of school a couple of the sales attendants, the, the I don't know what they're called, the, the shop right. helpers, mm-hmm. by what your new style is. Do you want to share that? I just, when they kindly asked if I needed help, I said, I'm sorry, but I want to dress like a Japanese woman. I'm very neutral now. I'm going to be very particular about what I choose. And I, one woman thought it was just so funny that I was saying that. And then I had another woman that didn't quite get my sense of humor. She didn't quite get what I was saying. I had to actually explain how Japanese women dress. And you think they're impeccable impeccable. They are impeccable. And I'm just trying to channel that vibe where where even if I'm wearing sweats, when I walk into a room, someone looks at me and says, she is an impeccable dresser, even in sweats. Yeah. You just want your style influenced by what you saw there because you were so impressed by everyone. They're, yeah. They're very simple, tranquil, way of presenting themselves. Yeah, it doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be bold. It is that quiet luxury we're talking about. The colors you said are more muted and that they're like neutrals. They're all neutrals. And if there is color, it's a monochromatic color, like head to foot. It's if you see anyone in color, that's all there. You know, like I did see one woman and she was wearing kind of a burnt orange But head to toe, she was in burnt orange. So she still looked very neutral because it was monochromatic. And it's like, God, these women know how to dress. Well, it'll be very, very interesting to see how this translates into your own wardrobe. If you see like a massive change and shift that way, if you're like pulling out more of what you have already and donating it. But you have a lot of neutrals in your closet already. My closet is very neutral. And when I got back from Japan, one of the first things I did is I I pulled out I pulled out anything and everything that did not suit 
my new image that I'm trying to create. Because it's like, as long as that stuff's hanging in my closet, taking up space, I'm never going to get to the next step, to the next level of dressing. So everything came out. So yeah, now my closet is very, very neutral. And I love that you're just flowing this conversation along and you don't even know it because that brings my mind back to your husband's closet and how you <laughs> didn't shop for yourself while I was there, really. You shopped for Jeff because you didn't maybe like some of the clothes that he wore in Tokyo. And so you replaced them. You purchased something to put on that hanger's spot. Right. And so... I'm not sure when we went to Singapore and Japan, we anticipated the weather the way it was, although I was much more prepared than Jeff was. But, you know, we were gone for two weeks and Jeff brought like five shirts for two weeks. So by the end of the two weeks, I'm like, okay, seriously, you can't find another shirt than the one that you have a big stain on or the one that kind of smells when you walk by or haven't we seen this shirt? <laughs> I'm sure it's not that bad. Well, I don't know. We will have to just leave it there. But it's like, okay, why just five shirts? And is it because his closet is full of shirts that he doesn't like? And so he pulls out his five favorite and then he's like, okay, well, this will be enough. But so I did. I went and I bought him new shirts and a few of the rejects in his closet that I haven't seen him in in at least a year and just hung the new ones up. And we're just standing by waiting to see if he notices any missing shirts. He'll probably notice the new shirts when he's packing for our trip to Hawaii, but we'll see if he's missing anything that came out. They haven't left the house yet. They're just a little bit hidden right now. But you probably left the tags on them, so he'll probably notice they're new. I love the tags on him, yeah, but and he'll notice the new ones. I just want to see if he notices the old ones that have been removed from the closet. So it's like an experiment with your husband. He's the the rab lab or the mm -hmm. uh, rat lab. Guinea pig. How, yeah, the guinea, guinea pig, pig. However you want to say it, he mm -hmm. is part of that. Well, you'll have to report back and let us know mm -hmm. when he discovered or if he even noticed that the shirts were missing. I don't think he's going to notice. I think he's going to just, he'll be happy to see the new shirts and he won't miss the missing shirts. And if he does, I'll just pull them out of the bag and hang them back up in his closet and he'll be none the wiser. Again, you're just so much nicer than you used to be. I would think those things were already at Goodwill. Well, no, no, I will give him, he does have ownership of them. I'm not going to steal them from him and dispose of them. Is that how you think of it? Like in your house, like if you were to take something, it would be stealing if your husband was the owner of it? No, <laughs> not really. No, I would feel the same way though. I would want to get rid of things and I would pull out my suggested edits. And okay. if he really wanted them back, I would let him have them back. But there are some things that are so bad. It's like, I should just get rid of them and not have a, a second right. thought about it. Well, and I think it's just giving him the opportunity to miss it. I don't see my whole point is I did it while he was gone. So he wouldn't notice what I removed. If he, if he's looking for something and he's missing it, then I can just say, Oh, I put it in this pile and I can pull it back out again. I wouldn't give him the opportunity to say, do you like this shirt or can I get rid of it? 
because he would say, no, I like that shirt. He would have a very hard time saying, no, I'll get rid of it. So that's Uh, that's where we're different. Yeah. I'm not even giving him the option. It's just if it comes up in conversation and he says, well, whatever happened to that one shirt that I used to wear all the time, then which is not true. But then I would say, oh, I think I put it, I packed it away for the season. Let me pull it out for you. Gosh, you're a smart woman. I need to take um, some lessons from you, I think. Yeah, well, anytime. I'm here when you need me. (laughs) Yeah, well, that was a really fun trip. And I keep getting pulled back by our conversation to the fact that you're a very fun person to shop for and that you did on several occasions push me outside my comfort zone when it came to shopping because I never wear skirts. And on Mm -hmm. your advice, I bought a skirt that, you know, you wear with a t-shirt, which is really not my look, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to try and pull it off. Why not? Right? Well, absolutely. Why not? I mean, if it looks good on you, who cares if it's a skirt? And yeah, and you should experiment with pieces you never are used to wearing. Yeah, I think I'm going to wear the skirt to my mom's birthday party. We're throwing her a celebration. And all I can picture is my husband looking at me and saying, like, what are you wearing? And then getting self-conscious about it and having to go change. But why does my mind go there? Why can't I just believe that he's going to say, you look really nice? He will say that. And I think I pointed this out when you were trying it on. How is a skirt any different from a dress? You wear dresses all the time. How is a skirt any different? It isn't. The skirt is different only because you have to be creative enough to match it with a top that works. And Mm -hmm. sometimes when I think something looks good, doesn't mean other people are going to think it looks good. Right. But if you're gauging what other people think based on your husband's opinion... Oh, not You're just getting, his opinion. Right. Because because frankly, no one is going to spend that much time critiquing your outfit. It's oh, like is that just you, my ego getting in the way? I think again? a little bit. <laughs> I think just a little bit. Because I think if you feel good in it, you're going to look great in it. And no one's going to second guess it. No one's going to look at you and say, God, I've never seen Michelle in a skirt before. I would have never even, it would have never even occurred to me until you told me I never wear skirts. Wouldn't have ever occurred to me that you don't wear skirts. Well, I'm just going to seize the day. I'm going to own the look. And you'll probably see it in Hawaii. So if anyone who is on that trip sees it, mm-hmm. make a nice comment. Don't poke at my insecurities, <laughs> please. I won't. I promise. Oh, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about somebody else that listens that likes to poke at my insecurities. Oh. <laughs> Well, again, very fun trip. I started this episode because I wanted to talk a little bit about the holiday season and the fact that I decorate for it so early. I just love it. It just makes me so happy to have the lights out there for everything to be so bright. Our Christmas lights are going up as we speak. That's probably why some of you have heard the dogs in the background, but One of my other favorite parts and one of the reasons I always decorate early is because it drives my son Cameron nuts. Really? It does. He is a Halloween person and he just thinks it's way too early. So, of course, I have to take pictures and video and send it to him and say, the decorations are up and I'm so happy. And he's rolling his eyes at you. Oh, he always rolls his eyes at me. 
<laughs> so yes, I believe that is happening. And I figure if Hallmark can do it at the end of October, as long as I wait until the beginning of November, I'm okay. I'm golden. Yeah. And I'm they do say that people who decorate early are just happier people. And I like that. Yeah. And there you go. I applaud you for it. Thank you. I, I don't think it's weird. And I think, you know, people need that. And I'm seeing more and more trees go up early and not just in like grocery stores or like mm -hmm. Target and stores like that. I, I think people are embracing um, the feeling of the season a little bit earlier. I definitely witnessed that myself. Yeah, it's a little crazy this year. It is a little crazy. And I will say, while I, I mentioned the Hallmark movies and how excited that I am that they've already started, I will let you in on a little secret that's probably going to blow your mind. Mm -hmm. I haven't watched I a Hallmark movie in a year and a half. Wow. I is that what you thought you I gonna, was going to say? It is what I thought you were going to say. I thought, because usually when you watch them, you talk about them. And since I we haven't had that conversation, I'm thinking, I think you've kind of backed off on your Hallmark movies. It's finding the time. I, I swear, where did I used to have that time? I guess it would be when Rob would go to bed and then I would just watch them while he was sleeping. But I'm tired now. <laughs> I know. I know. I, I feel the beat like a drum or something just by the end of the day. So I, I don't know. It might be a time management issue. So, Suzanne, did you ever watch Hallmark movies? Oh, heck yeah. I still occasionally watch them. But back in the day when CBS used to run Hallmark movies before there was a Hallmark channel, when CBS used to run Hallmark movies before there was a Hallmark channel, they were the best movies ever because they would run Hallmark commercials be at every break. And I would watch those Hallmark movies for the commercials because the commercials... Oh, they have they had the best commercials ever. And I miss them because they don't run those Hallmark commercials anymore because they have their Hallmark channel. I agree with you. I mean, they would bring you to tears. And while the movies were great, the, the commercials just spoke volumes also. And how crazy that that is how far we've come in life. We used to occasionally get a movie on CBS, a Hallmark movie, mm -hmm. and we would make the time to watch it because it was just a one-time thing. But when you have it all the time, it's always, I can catch that later, I can watch that later, and mm -hmm. it doesn't seem very urgent or important. Right, well, and at some point, it's a little overkill because they're always on. I actually find myself watching the older ones that I've seen before versus watching the newer ones, just because they're on all the time, if you're on the Hallmark Channel. That's so true. And my TV used to just always be on the Hallmark Channel. What I should do is put every single TV in my house, and I have like seven of them on the Hallmark Channel, so when my company arrives for Christmas, they're all set. There you go. They're expecting it anyway, so I might as well not disappoint them. I know. It's a great idea. Which reminds me, and I just have to share this real quick, and then we'll go ahead and wrap up. But I was when I was visiting you in Scottsdale, I always ask my kids, like, what do you want for Christmas? And my son Colton was sending me some ideas, but he sent one from Best Buy. And I looked at you and I said, now, why would he send something from Best Buy? He knows I'm an Amazon shopper. 
Like, I don't get that, but I guess I can go to Best Buy. It just is a little more inconvenient because everything's not pre-populated. Sure enough, two minutes later, I didn't say it to him. He's like, I'm going to make it easier for you. Here's it to Amazon. So <laughs> I love when my kids get me and my shopping style. Yep. Yep. And might as well make it easy. I'm making my life so much easier right now because... I'm shopping for all my bulky items at Amazon, and I know that they have to deliver them more often, but I don't care. I don't want to walk through the store with toilet paper and paper towel and laundry detergent when it can just be delivered to my front door. I agree with you 100%. Yeah, so yep. I'm just saying, Amazon is rocks. my jam. Yeah, yep. rocks. So Suzanne, do you want to share with the listeners, again, before we close up, the book of the month? I can. The book of the month is The First Ladies by Marie Benedict and Victoria Christopher Murray. And have you started the book yet, Suzanne? I have started it, but I have not gotten very far. I, I know I'm going to like the book, but I'm going to be honest. First of all, I've had a string of house guests for the last, since I've been back from Singapore. So it's hard to find time to read when you have house guests, which is fine. And then when I came back from Japan, I was so into the Japan culture that I picked up a few books set in either Singapore or Japan. Memoirs of a Geisha, I'm obsessed with this book. I read it like 20 years ago. But it's such a good book that when I have those few minutes to read, I'm reaching for memoirs of a geisha and not the first lady. So I'm going to have to just kick it into high gear and get this book read. Yes. And I see your memoirs of a geisha being a future book club book. Definitely. Because you are Definitely. loving it so much. Yes. I will tell you that I am almost done with the first ladies and... I didn't know what to think of it when you selected the mm -hmm. title of this book, but I am really enjoying it. It is teaching me so much, and I feel like Eleanor Roosevelt was a complete badass, as was Mary McLeod uh, Bethune, completely mm -hmm. ahead of their times, badass, and did so much to help other people. And I 100% agree. Yeah, so I'm really excited to talk about that book. Uh, book Club will be delayed a week. I'm just going to say that it will be released the first week in December. So just know that. And with all that shared, I do have something to sip on. And Great. since this is the week of Thanksgiving, it has to do with gratitude. So here we go. Gratitude is the healthiest of all human emotions. The more you express gratitude for what you have, the more likely you will have even more to express gratitude for. And that is by Zig Ziglar. And a good message for all of us to remember as I we agree. celebrate the holidays. Uh, may you be surrounded by loved ones and feelings of gratitude. And until next time, cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers.